We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. You know, one of my favorite football movies slash comedies of all time is The Waterboy. And I remember one scene in quote uh, specifically in that movie. And it's when Bobby Boucher inadvertently lets his mother know that he's playing college football and Kathy Bates. I don't remember what the fuck her name was in the movie, what her character name was. But I remember the quote that she says is she's losing her mind. And she says, the chickens are coming home to roost, Bobby Boucher. And I kind of feel like that is the Buffalo Bills right now in a nutshell. The chickens have come home to to roost. So the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Bills in overtime 37-34. The Bills are at 500 through 12 games and currently sit as we stream this live in 10th place in the AFC. Before I get going, I want to thank everybody, of course, for tuning in. Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. Uh, appreciate everybody who's listening to this sometime on Monday. On the audio side, if you're listening to this on the video side, I'm actually live streaming right now, recording this late on a Sunday, maybe an hour or so. I don't know how long it's been uh, since this Bills game ended. Uh, If you're watching this on my Facebook or if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you want to leave a comment or or a question, I'll try to get to some of them um, throughout the show. And I'm going to come clean with you. I have no set plan right now. No, no format. I mean, I got some notes scribbled down, uh, quite honestly for me, I I almost feel like this is emotional and mental therapy, you know, therapeutic just to be able to try to make some sense of this game and Sean McDermott and talk it out. I know there's a ton of really good bills, content creators out there who got live streams going on all over the place. This is not really going to be Organized like that. Like I said, this is just me solo on no tone box this week. On the official injury report, tone box has a sore throat. On the uh, unofficial report, according to sources, and them sources being him being at the game or at my house watching the game with me, I think he's pretty disgusted right now. In fact, he left before the game was uh, 
even over. But anyway, so before a, the day of a game, when you're a content creator, you kind of go over both scenarios, whether you win, whether you lose, and you kind of have a, an angle to attack no matter which way it goes. And I sat at the table before the game speaking with my wife, and I told her in the event that the Bills lost, and man, it really holds true now, that this is the day and this was the game where the sins of Buffalo Bills past this season caught up to them today. And what I mean by that more specifically is this. First of all, if you didn't have a vested emotional interest in this game, what a great fucking football game this was. I've seen on Twitter some friends of mine who are not Bills fans on Facebook just talking about what a great NFL game this was. This might have been one of arguably maybe even the best game in the entire league this year. If you don't have any emotional invested interest in this. However, I certainly do. If you're watching this video or, or listening to this in podcast form, I'm sure you do as well. And when I say that the sins of the past for the Bills this season caught up to them today, what I mean is this. There were two games on the schedule I said this weeks ago. I looked at them and I said, these are the two games on paper where I don't think the Bills should win. One of them was Cincinnati. And coming into this game, it was Philadelphia. And this loss stings in so many ways. Big picture and, of course, the game itself. But when I say sins of Buffalo's past, I'm going to go back to Denver and I'm going to go back to New England. Those games, losing those games that they had no business losing, put the Bills in a position today where they were underdogs, not by much, two and a half, three points. But this almost felt like a, a must-win game because they lost that luxury of being able to go play a good game in Philly, lose, and be able to build off of it. And they did that because of the losses to shitty teams earlier in the season. This team's six and six. And even if you accept the Philly loss, even if you say that the Bills shouldn't have won this game, which is not true, they absolutely should have won the fucking game. But even if you accept that, the Bills should still be seven and five at worst right now, not six and six. So the sins of their past have caught up to them. And again, I'm, I'm letting everybody know because most people are listening to this on Monday, not watching this video, that I'm going to try to get some comments as they come in or, or save them for, for uh, the end of this stream. I the moment. Hi, Patrick. Another heartbreaker yet. We're still live. Looking forward to your reaction. Well, I'm not looking forward to my reaction right now because I'm disgusted, man. Let me start with a stat. I dropped this on, uh, I saw it on Twitter. I put it on my Facebook. Ed Warner, formerly of ESPN, tweeted this out. The Bills are the 40th team since the 1970 merger to amass 500 yards, 10 third down conversions, and a positive turnover margin in a game. They are the first team to lose in that scenario. Teams were 39-0 entering today. So 40 times a team would put up 500 yards, convert at least 10 third downs, and win the turnover margin. And in 39 straight games, that team won. Not today. I don't even know where to start, folks. I am, uh, the stress is high. Uh, the letdown level is high, very high. Not quite as high as Kansas City in 13 seconds. I don't think any Bills loss will ever 
reach that proportion for me because I'll always believe in my heart of hearts. If the Bills don't gag away 13 seconds, they beat Cincinnati at home. They go to Super Bowl that year and maybe win it. So it's not that high, but this is still really, really fucking high, man. I'm talking Arizona Hail Mary a couple of years ago, maybe on that level, maybe even uh, a little bit worse. Uh, half of me, and I'm sure a lot of you who are listening feel the same, you know, that demoralized, defeated feeling, but it feels like with the Buffalo Bills or just Buffalo sports teams in general, man, it happens so much that at least in some part you become uh, partially numb. It's almost how I feel about it. I spent so much emotion, as I'm sure a lot of you did watching this game, that by the end of it, you just had nothing left in the tank. And I can't even imagine how a lot of these players feel. If we feel this some kind of way right now about this game, I can't even imagine how dejected and how demoralized the players and the coaching staff uh, must feel right now. It is draining to be a fan of the Buffalo Bills. It has been, you know, since they broke the drought. And uh, it was obviously during the drought. But you know what? It's almost easier during the drought because you expected them to suck. This year has gotten away from them to the point that this might be one of the most frustrating years I, I've ever can recall being as a Buffalo Bills fan. Just because you see the potential, you know it's there. I think the Bills, at worst, are one of the two or three best teams in the AFC. But it's almost, not quite, but almost a lock that this is going to be a team that probably doesn't even make the playoffs. A top two or three team in the conference doesn't even make the playoffs. And that's where we are. And I uh, want to let you know, too, at this point, I will have much more. And again, I am literally going off the cuff here. I jotted down a couple thoughts, a couple notes. That's it. Um, on tomorrow night's show, I'm going to have a live stream with PK from the Buffalo Sports Collective. We're going to be on minutes after the Buffalo Sabres New York Rangers game. So we'll be talking about that game. And obviously, we'll be talking about this game. And I'm sure I'll have much more measured and uh, maybe calculated thoughts um, at that time. So much shit had to happen at the end of this game or it's various parts of this game for the Bills to actually lose. And it's just un freaking believable um, Elliot's 59-yard field goal. Let me ask you this question out here, Bills fans, all right? Leave it in the comments on YouTube. Uh, email me, tweet at me, whatever. This is an honest-to-God question, and, and I'm not even joking. When he came out there to kick that 59-yard field goal, forget about Sean McDermott using a timeout to, and I'm using air quotes here on the, on the video side, to ice the kicker. Forget about that shit. This was a 59-and-a-half-yard kick into or in the rain, I should say, shitty elements, 59 and a half yards, Jason Sabuda. Thank God there was open bar during the game where I was at. Yeah, I guess so, man. But anyway, a 59-yard field goal, 59 and a half-yard field goal in the rain at the end of the game, I felt like there was probably, normally you probably make that kick maybe two and a half out of 10 times. Those circumstances, the weather conditions, everything on the line, 59 and a half yard field goal, maybe two and a half times out of 10. I felt like there was almost a 100% chance that Elliott was making that field goal because, and I hate saying it this way, but it's the fucking facts. 
because it's Buffalo. All right, let's just throw it out there. Because it's Buffalo, you feel like that kick's getting made. So that happens. And then the Bills get the ball in overtime, drive down, third down, and Josh Allen and Gabe Davis, both, by the way, who played magnificent games. I mean, Josh Allen was a superstar in this game. And Gabe Davis, after not doing shit for most of the last month, had a very good game. Not going to sit here, especially just an hour after the game, not being able to, to watch the film, not being able to know what the play call was, what side of Gabe was going outside or inside. There was a full blitz on Josh Allen. He had to get rid of the ball quick. So let's not put it on either of them right now, at least. But just the fact that them two, if they're on the same page, the ball's thrown to where Gabe is or Gabe runs to where the ball's supposed to be, any way you want to look at it, the game is over. The game is over right there. And we don't have to get aggravated at the end of the game. Um, Then just fate, luck. So Philly gets the ball. The Bills have to settle for a field goal. And Philly gets the ball and they're driving. And then A.J. Brown catches a pass. I can't remember the defender who knocked the ball out anymore. And it doesn't really fucking matter at this point, to be honest with you. But anyway, one step, two steps, kind of making the football move. Bam, bam. Ball gets knocked out. Fumble. Bills fall on the ball. Game over. Only it's ruled an incomplete pass. And we'll get to officiate in a minute. But that's one thing I really can't be on board with, blaming that specific play. It was just as bad luck. That's what I'm saying. Because it's Buffalo. It's just bad luck. If if AJ Brown has another half step or puts his shoulder upfield and the ball comes out, the game is quite literally over. Literally. That's it right there. The Bills fall on the ball. Game's over. So all three of those things have to happen for Philly to even be in a position to win the football game. And of course, we all know how it turned out. I'll say this too about the Bills defense. I mean, good fucking Jesus Christ, man. I can't remember a football team and more specifically a defense. And I'm starting to get heated. I can't help it. I'm trying to keep myself composed, but I'm really pissed off, man. When is the last time you've seen a defense in seemingly like by the time you go pee, the Bills defense was playing, considering the opponent and the talent level on the Eagles. They were playing by far their best game in the season, by far. And then 20 minutes later, they're quite literally playing their worst game of the entire season. It's like you get up, you go to the bathroom, they're playing great. You come out of the bathroom and they can't make a fucking stop to save their lives on defense. It is frustrating. Look at some numbers right now. First half, the Philadelphia Eagles only had 99 total yards on six drives, and the Bills forced two turnovers and scored points on both of them. Defense was lights out in the first half. Lights out. Second half, Philadelphia Eagles had 279 total yards and scored 30 points in the second half and overtime combined. 99 total yards in the first half, 279 in the second half, and in overtime, it is, <laughs> I, I, I look at these numbers and I'm just, I, I'm in real time here with you guys. And I'm just struggling to, to see how a defense could go from playing lights out to so bad. And it's frustrating too, because this game, Philadelphia, and we talked about it throughout the week. They went into Kansas City, won a tough road game. They got Dallas. They got Frisco coming up. 
as good as Buffalo is, as dangerous as the Buffalo Bills are, all week long, I heard about it. We talked about it on this podcast. Said this could actually be a trap game for the Eagles because of what they got coming up. And they just went. They got their revenge from the uh, Super Bowl rematch. This is a ripe game for the to come in and the Bills for them to be a trap game. And it was because the Philadelphia Eagles sucked in the first half. I mean, they were terrible, especially on defense. They were begging to just let this game get out of hand. Their fans were booing the shit out of them, booing the shit out of them. And the Bills couldn't put it away. And Philadelphia hung around just long enough to keep the, when the game's close in the second half, to get rolling. And they're a winning team. They know how to win games. They close out games. You know who doesn't win and close out games? Sean McDermott. That's who does not close out games and does not win games unless you want to brag about them beating the shit out of the New England Patriots and the New York Jets and shitty quarterbacks and rookie quarterbacks of the world over the last four or five years. All these regular season wins, mostly against shit teams. The Bills are a great football team at times. They're a powerhouse. If they're better than you, they'll put that foot on the gas. They will choke you out. They will run roughshod all over you. But you punch them in the face. You play physical with this team. You play tough. You hang out to the end of the game. You're, you're staying in the game. And the Bills, more often than not, or at the very least, more than they should, considering how good this football team is and has been, find ways to lose these type of games. Period. Point blank. End of story. Sean McDermott was outcoached today, tonight, whatever you want to call it, in the second half so bad that it is ridiculous, man. It is absolutely ridiculous. Philly made adjustments. You could see it on offense, started running RPOs, doing all kinds of stuff that worked, and the Bills changed nothing. No adjustments, nothing. I'm mad at Sean McDermott, the head coach. I am mad at Sean McDermott, the defensive coordinator. You add them both up, and I'm pretty much uh, done with this guy. Here's what I'm going to do real quick, and I mean quite literally a five-second break. I'm going to take a five-second commercial break. Got to be able to, to bake in the ads for the video side anyway. So I'm going to be back literally in five seconds. We're going to pick right back up. I do see a bunch of comments that are coming in, too. I'm gonna, like I said, I'm by myself here trying to read through these and, and kind of keep uh, up with my notes. But anyway, like I said, I'm taking like literally a five-second break. Come back, and I, and I got some pretty heated takes about Sean McDermott, who I think is the biggest, single biggest reason why the Bills lost this game and the season is now on the brink. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, I am back in all kinds of sloppy, unorganized fashion right now, just railing about this game. Like I said, a little bit about emotional and uh, yeah, just emotional therapy. I, I guess we'll leave it at that. I'm just so disgusted right now. And more specifically, I, w- I want to get back to Sean McDermott. You know, I talked about it. I said how he was before the break, how badly he was being outcoached in the second half. And it's just so visible for everybody to see, man. Especially, you know, if you have no horse in this race and, you, and you're watching this game, unbiased you could see it you could see the adjustments philly made and you can see especially on the buffalo defense how they did absolutely nothing let philadelphia completely and utterly dictate this game and how it was going in the second half let's start with sean mcdermott uh yeah the, the head coach because maybe more than anything about the defense specifically that pisses me off at the uh end of the game so there's 25 seconds left there's the end of regulation the bills have two timeouts there's 25 seconds left. Sean McDermott uses a timeout to ice Elliott, the kicker. He's about to try a 59-yard field goal. Philadelphia's out of timeouts. Uh, I think it was an incomplete pass on third down. So it's fourth and 17. They elect to try a 59-and-a-half-yard field goal. They line up, and Sean McDermott decides to use one of his two timeouts remaining to, again, ice the kicker, clearly, didn't work. Maybe he didn't know who the other freaking kicker on the other sideline was in the history he has of making clutch kicks. But anyway, that's not my point. Philadelphia makes the kick, of course, and there's 20 seconds left on the clock. Then they kick the ball through the end zone. The Bills have the ball at their own 25-yard line, and there's 20 seconds left, and the Bills only have one timeout left when it should have had two. So that's a big mistake right there. But this is what pisses me off. This really pisses me off, man. Fuck, it pisses me off. 20 seconds left, one timeout. You have an all-world quarterback. If there's a list of maybe three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks in the NFL that could get a team, especially if you have two timeouts, 35, 40 yards, and put yourself in a position, best case to have a long field goal, worst case, at least close enough to throw a Hail Mary to try to win a game in regulation, either or. Josh Allen's on that short list, man. Josh Allen is on that short list. 
And what does Sean McDermott elect to do? Take a fucking knee and play for overtime. How you are cowardly enough to not utilize your superstar quarterback who played this game like a superstar and not even attempt. You know, it's first down. Throw a pass. If it's not there, tell Josh to throw the ball in the fucking stadium, the seats, okay? Then you run the ball in second. Then you take your knee. Philadelphia's powerless to stop the clock. But you got at least one timeout. You should have two. Tell me you can't move the ball with 20 seconds left. Say from the from the 25 to the out to maybe the 40, get a 15-yard play on first down. Philadelphia's going to be playing back because they don't want to give up anything. Use a timeout. You guys still got maybe one or two plays left. And then you'd have another timeout. It was not, you know, not likely, but it was at least possible that with somebody like Josh Allen, the Bills, and we've seen them do it before. Remember the Minnesota game last year? Where after they blew the game in regulation, came right down the field with just seconds left to kick a uh, an, uh, field goal and send it to overtime? Didn't even do it. Just took a knee, surrendered, went in overtime. That makes me hate him right there. That alone, man. Josh Allen is playing out of his mind. He's making plays all over the place. And you're not even going to give him an opportunity to, to win the game in the last 20 seconds. I mean, Jesus Christ, we say 13 seconds all the time. Does he got that bad of a memory? Does he not remember the Chiefs playoff game two years ago? <sighs> Take a stab, man. You know, and if it's a first down, it's an ugly play, and it don't look like you got it, th then you play for overtime. So that's him as the head coach. Just cowardly, man. But also, defensive coordinator. You know, you want to take over the reins on defense. You want to call the plays. You want to be the defensive coordinator. I still think that was a mistake. Trying to be the head coach and the defensive coordinator. Too much shit on his plate. But you look at this defense. I talked about the first half. How great they were. Six Philly drives. 99 yards. They forced two turnovers. Bam. That's what you want. That's what you want. Second half. Uh-uh. Different story. From the time it was 17-7 Buffalo. In the third quarter, here comes the, these are the rest of the Philadelphia Eagles drives for the game. Touchdown, six plays, 62 yards. Touchdown drive right there. Next drive, seven plays, 75 yards. Touchdown. Next drive, three plays, 24 yards. Now, granted, this was after one of the few job mistakes Josh Allen made the whole game, a, a pretty bad interception. But still, they take over at the 24-yard line, three plays, 24 yards, touchdown. Three straight uh, touchdowns for the Eagles. Then the defense finally plays well for a series. They force a three and out. Then they get Philadelphia gets the ball back. Uh, you got a chance to close the game out. Nine plays, 34 yards, capped off by the 59-yard field goal. Then the Bills kick a field goal. Got a chance to win the game if they can make a stop. But no, Philadelphia, nine plays, 75-yard touchdown drive. And by the way, when Gabe Davis and Josh Allen weren't on the same page and the Bills settled for a field goal, I think we all kind of knew where this shit was ending. And of course, that is exactly how it played out. But anyway, this defense got chewed up and spit out in the second half. And here's the worst part. You know, I said, talk about the chickens coming home to roost jokingly at the beginning. And I talked about the Bills today paid for their sins of this season. And this is now not one. Not two, three times this season, three times in 12 games, the Buffalo Bills, whether the offense played good like today or like complete shit like they did for most of the Denver game and most of the New England game, 
three times this season, the Buffalo Bills have scored a touchdown with under two minutes left to take a lead. And in those three games, three times the Buffalo Bills defense needing one stop to close the game out didn't make that stop. Not once. The Bills are 0-3 this season when they score a touchdown with under two minutes left to take a one-score lead. Today, Philly, they score, they take a three-point lead on a touchdown with a, a minute 52 left in the game. Philly ties it up at the end, and they win in overtime. Earlier, two weeks ago, the Bills scored a touchdown. They take a one-point lead against Denver with a minute 55 left. Denver goes down the field, kicks a field goal, wins the game. Then the New England Patriots game, the Bills played like ass most of that game. But at the end of the day, Josh Allen scores a touchdown. The Bills take a three-point lead with a minute 58 left. New England gets the ball, eight plays, 75 yards, game-winning touchdown pass. Three times the Bills had an opportunity to close out one score games by taking a, by scoring a touchdown to take the lead inside two minutes. Three times they lost. What's the Bills' record this year, folks? Six and six. Bills close those games out. What's their record? Nine and three. Even if you want to say Philly's just a great team and they find a way to win, okay, I'll give you that. You still, that's two out of three games. Worst case, the Bills are eight and four. Worst case, Sean McDermott, is I'll never forgive Sean McDermott for Kansas City for 13 seconds. I'm never going to. And today, not even trying to take a shot in the last 20 seconds, not even taking a stab on a first down play and seeing what comes of it with your all-world quarterback playing a great game like the superstar player that we all know he can be, and he was today. And settling for overtime, 100% seals it for me. Even if the Bills had won the game in overtime, if Josh and, and Gabe are on the same page on that pass and they win the game, doesn't change how I feel about Sean McDermott. I am out on Sean McDermott. I know a lot of you are too, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. He ain't getting fired. He's not getting fired. I'll tell you right now, the Bills, let's just say they finish 9-8, and eight, even 8-9. Eight and nine. He's not getting fired. Number one, he got an extension. He signed through 2027. But Gula ain't all that money. Okay, that's number one. To sell, or try to sell, I should say, the media and the fans, if you're Terry Bagula and Sean McDermott staying, uh, outwardly, sounds like an easy sell. Well, they made the playoffs four straight years, five of his six years as head coach. Well, the Bills have won at least 10 games four straight years. They've won 13 games in two of those four years. This is just a down year, lost a lot of close games, things didn't go our way, we had major injuries, it's just a down year, we'll be back and we'll be better next year. That is Terry Bagula if Terry Bagula actually ever fucking spoke to the media or to the fans. He's not going to, but that's probably the internal conversations, internal, that he would have when it comes to evaluating Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott, unless maybe, maybe they lose out, maybe something gets done about that, to me the only way... The only way Sean McDermott is getting fired after this season is if Josh Allen himself were to go to Terry Bagula and say, look, man, I, I can't win with this guy. This guy's wasting my prime years. I'm, I'm getting really unhappy. We got to make a change. We got to do something. Maybe if Josh Allen himself goes to Terry Bagula personally, maybe that results in Sean McDermott getting fired. I don't see that happening. 
So therefore, I don't see any scenario where um, Sean McDermott, whether you like it or not, and most of us don't like it at this point, and I don't blame you, he's not going uh, anywhere. Now, look, at the same time, too, you can blame Sean McDermott for a lot, and I certainly do. I mean, the blitzes, when he blitzes, it doesn't work, and then he's just sitting back and just allowing. I know one play in overtime when Philly scored on the touchdown, uh, the winning drive for the touchdown, it was third and four, and it was on the outskirts of a, a pretty long field goal. And Sean McDermott, I think, was so worried about getting beat deep for a touchdown that he basically allowed a, a free third and four conversion, which kept the chains moving. Of course, Philly um, ultimately scored. But at the end of the day, too, and I say this all the time about coaching, you can only do so much as coaches. I, to me, a good coach has you prepared. A good coach will make right decisions in crunch time. Doesn't let his team come out flat. And then Sean McDermott's guilty of a lot of this shit. But at the same token, you know, players got to make freaking plays too. And the Bills defense, again, who was so good in the first half, was just as bad or even worse in the second half. And there's a couple guys, like, individually that I, that I really wanted to, to, and I got in my notes here that I want to make sure I, I call out. Number one, Tyrell Dodson. I mean, God, you know, low-hanging fruit in a way, I get it. He's not supposed to be the starter. Matt Milano's supposed to be the starter. And I said this on Twitter, and you know, maybe, and I kind of took a little bit of a beating for it because there's much bigger reasons. But I said, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, in my heart of hearts, and I truly do feel this, in my heart of hearts, forget about Daquan or, or Trey White, those injuries suck. But if Matt Milano doesn't go down for the season and Matt Milano's on that field today, the Bills win that game. If Matt Milano's on the field for the Denver or New England game, even if they win one of those two games, Matt Milano being hurt is directly in the standings cost the Bills two victories because Tyrell Dodson ain't it. And I don't give a shit what his PFF grades say. He plays good at times. He had a good game last week against the Jets. See my point, though. You're playing Zach Wilson in the shitty-ass New York Jets offense. These are good teams, and we knew this was coming. After playing all these chumpy offenses, we knew this was coming. The Bills are playing good offenses, and sure enough, Tyrell Dotson was terrible today. Out of position, missing plays. He's just not a good linebacker. He shouldn't be a starter, uh, but he is. Another guy, very unpopular opinion, I'm sure. But Micah Hyde, man, I'm not liking what I'm seeing from Micah Hyde anymore. He looks a step slower. His instincts seem like they're uh, going on him a little bit. That touchdown, I can't remember. It was number 13. I don't have the, the, the rosters in front of me. But that long touchdown, I thought Jalen Hurts was throwing the ball. He was scrambled out to the left, launched the ball towards the end zone. I thought he was throwing it through the end zone or under the sidelines. Turns out it's a touchdown. Like a high got beat. Lost track of the ball. That was a huge play in the game. Just not seeing any real impact from like a Hyde. I mean, this guy is an all-pro caliber player, and uh, we're not seeing it. I know a lot of people out there are talking about the safeties or the secondary in general, saying, you know, him and Jordan Poyer are washed. I'm not buying it about Jordan Poyer. I actually thought Jordan Poyer played pretty damn well today. But not the case for Micah Hyde. And then the last thing, you know, and I'm I'm sick of fucking talking about this at this point. Vaughn Miller, what are we doing here? What are we doing with Vaughn Miller? What are we doing? Because he's done nothing this season. Eight games now. Zero sacks. Zero sacks in eight games. A handful of pressures. Did have one pressure today. Whiffed. Didn't bring him down. Now, to be fair, Jalen Hurts is not the easiest guy to bring down. I get that. But still, a couple plays. You know, I watched the game today. Shout out my, my boy, Jason Long, buying in from uh, California. He was at the house watching the game with me. 
my wife, my son, his girl, um, and Tone Bots. Anyway, screaming at the TV one play. Von Miller just wasn't even hustling. Like, literally just looked like he took the playoff. I'm like, this dude don't play enough fucking snaps to be taking plays off. There was another pass rush where he crashed inside, and I thought it was, I don't know, I thought at first maybe he was crashing into a, uh, into an Eagles blocker for like for some kind of loop on the outside. I was like, let's not prematurely bash the guy. But then I saw the video on Twitter. The only person he crashed into was Leonard Floyd, his teammate. Just, I don't know, at some point, you got to say to yourself, I know you want him back. You're paying him a, a fucking gazillion dollars and he's under contract for next year. But my mindset is right now, if he's not one of the best four defensive ends on this roster as things stand right now, every rep he is out there, He's taken away from somebody on the sideline who should be in there. And there's a better chance that you're going to get more from that player. It is just maddening right now to see Vaughn Miller continue to go out there running around like it's fucking August, like it's week two of the preseason. I mean, this is a game the Bills, the sense of urgency is through the roof. The Bills have to win this game. They have to win this game. And you got Vaughn Miller out there. Maybe mentally, you know, he's trying, not that he's not trying. It just physically looks like. He's so, it's not even that he's not there. I don't even think he's close. He's like so far off. And it just looks like at least on some snaps that he's, uh, that he's mailed it in. And we could talk about the end of the game, the touchdown and, you know, the Gabe Davis, which should have been a touchdown. We could talk about all that shit. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing is there were so many missed opportunities in this game for the Bills that it should have came down to it. You know, it was going to be a talking point early in the game because James Cook looked atrocious on the first two drives. He dropped the touchdown. That's obviously the big one. But also two times he was carrying the ball. I think once actually it was a run. The other time it was a pass out of the backfield. Didn't, like, no physicality. Like, wanted to get out of bounds. Didn't want the contact. Didn't want the smoke. Didn't want to get to the, to the sticks. And it was infuriating and obvious to see. And then he dropped the touchdown. Again, it was an early game talking point, but so much shit happened after that that it kind of felt like not a big deal in a game with so many points. So many possessions, but you know, that, that was a big time missed opportunity. Um, Darius Slay, well, I'll get to him in a second. Tyler Bass, a kicker, one kicks blocked, or you can't put that on him and not an easy kick, but he missed a 48 yarder that came back to matter huge at the end of the bills game. There are guys making 59 yard, 59 yarders with the game on the line. Tyler Bass is missing a 48 yard field goal. That was big. The bills left six points on the board. With two missed field goals, one miss, one block. And that was huge. And then obviously, like I talked about earlier, Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, miscommunication on an all-out Philly blitz, a hot replay. Um, the communication wasn't there if it was. A lot of the shit we can talk about right now for the last half hour or so wouldn't even matter. And then I want to get to the point, and then I'm going to try to sift through some comments. I got a shitload of comments here on the feed. And again, thank you everybody for, for watching and for uh, listening. I'm just rambling. No rhyme, no reason, but we'll have measure shows covering this game and well, actually the Bills are on a bye, but we'll have plenty of shows throughout the week. The officiating, man, look, it was fucking atrocious. The officiating was atrocious. I know it's a, a fan's tendency to kind of blame too much on the officials. And I think in the aftermath of the next couple of days, that might be the case. Like, I don't think the Bills lost the game because of bad officiating per se, but it was atrocious. 
Bills, 11 penalties for 80 yards. Philly, just four for 30. I think the Bills had 10, 10 of those 11 penalties actually in the first half. 10 penalties in one half of football. And you're still going to the locker room. You're up 17 to seven. Which again, Philly to me, they were begging to just, they were begging to get their asses whooped. They were begging to just, let's just take our medicine this week. Let's get ready for Frisco and Dallas conference games that maybe they're treating a little with a little bit more urgency, but the bills in part because of the penalties didn't take advantage of it. There's no way the Bills should not have went into that locker room on Sunday up no less than three scores, not 10 points. So to me, in a way that was a little bit of an L offer Buffalo, but anyway, just some really bad calls, quite frankly, going against the Bills. some bullshit calls. Darius Slay, not one, but two blatant pass interference penalties. And it's funny because the first one was it, it, with, I was sitting here with Tone Pucks watching it. And the first one was when he was, um, who's he covering? Trent Churfield. And 100% pass interference. Doesn't get the call. Tony immediately says, well, look who the guy is. He's yelling. It's Darius Lay, a big name. And he's watching Sherfield. Of course, Sherfield's not going to get that call. Sure enough, later in the game, blatant pass interference penalty. And this time it was on Stefan Diggs, who ain't fucking Trent Sherfield. And he still didn't get the call either. And I mean, he literally grabbed at his jersey. They ended up mattering on that possession because the Bills would convert on a third down regardless. But still, it's the point. How do you miss those calls? Um, Kincaid, not intentional, but on one pass, so he, he didn't come down with. Uh, the guy got his arm, his forearm into his head. That's a hit to the head. Defenseless receiver, that should have been a penalty. And then the big one near the end of the first half, Josh Allen literally gets horse collared right in front of a referee. Not only did they not call the, the horse collar, but they also call intentional grounding on Josh Allen, who's throwing the ball as he's um, hitting the ground in the vicinity, at least, of Gabe Davis. And the ball didn't come close to him because he literally was getting hit when he threw the fucking football. But the referee still called intentional grounding. You know, it's bad enough you missed a horse collar. You could have at least got together with your crew and said, all right, well, we missed a horse collar. We know that should have been a penalty. Let's at least not call intentional grounding. But they did. It didn't matter, by the way, because guess what? Tyler Bass's field goal got fucking blocked. So that ended up being huge. The officiating was just out of this world. Uh, horrible, man. It was. It was terrible. Uh, a couple quick things before I get to a, a couple comments to end this. Josh Allen, to me, played like, like a superstar. 29-51, 339 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. It was a bad throw. Uh, out That outside, though, he played phenomenal. Nine carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns, avoided sacks, made plays with his legs, put this team on his back offensively, and willed them to what should have been no if ands and buts about it a victory josh allen to me this was the mvp caliber quarterback that he's capable of being and it's the mvp caliber quarterback that the bills need to be able to go into a, a city like philadelphia and win a game which they should have done josh allen was phenomenal gabe davis very very good game for him six catches for 105 yards and a touchdown you know gabe davis so we talked i talked about it earlier in the week with Joe Yurden. I said, yeah, I'm out on the Bills resigning him. He's going to play out the season. He's going to go somewhere else. The Bills ain't going to pay him no more, like real money, nor should they. But he's also better than his non-existent stats have been. And I said, there's going to come a time where the Bills are going to need three or four catches for 100 yards and a touchdown from Gabe Davis. 
Didn't necessarily expect it to be this week, but that's how it played out. Gabe Davis answered the bell. Stefan Diggs, six catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. A couple of nice plays. To be fair, I also had a couple of drops. I think he's physically hurting a little bit. He was out on a couple of third down plays. See him tugging at his shoulder a little bit. That's definitely going to be something to monitor. Uh, after that, not a lot of help. Khalil Shakir had a nice catch. Um, by the way, Deontay Hardy, I think that uh, that experiment is pretty much over. He wasn't even active today. Andy Isabella was. Andy Isabella did nothing on offense. He was primarily, not primarily, he was exclusively used as a, as a returner. Tell you one other guy. You know, I, I bitched about a couple guys on defense individually. Uh, Tyrell Dotson, Micah Hyde, Juan Miller. One guy I want to talk about on offense, Trent Sherfield. You know, this was a guy who was good in Miami last year. I was expecting him to have a meaningful contributing role to this office, be a really nice uh, complimentary piece. Well, where the hell is that? Where is that shit? Because there, it's, I'm not seeing it. He's done nothing this year. Three targets today, zero catches. And on two of those three targets, I don't even think Trent Field knew he was supposed to get the ball. One of them was a hot quick screen. He never even looked. And the play was set up too. He catches that ball. He's got an easy eight yards. The blocks were in front of him. Didn't even look for the ball. He looked out. He went to the sidelines. He was confused. Like he didn't know what the play call was. Really, really frustrating to see. And to put a wrap on this, look, man, the Bills are six and six and they're 10th in the AFC. That is just hard to fathom right now. If you had told me in August, the Bills are going to play some shitty football. I'm like, Ugh. you know, maybe we're talking seven and three or oh, not seven and three, maybe eight and four. Worst case, but I mean, worst case, if a lot of shit is going wrong, seven and five, I never, never thought the Bills would be six and six after 12 games. And I keep harping on it because I have to. This game shouldn't have felt like a make or break game. The Bills are playing the best team record wise in the NFL on the road. Should have won the game. And it would be frustrating no matter what. If the Bills would have been 10 and one coming into this game and still lost in the manner that they did today, it would be hard to digest and we'd be stressed out and annoyed. But it would have just been one game. All right, now we're nine and three. All right, now we're eight and four. But no, because the Bills absolutely fucking blew it against the Denver Broncos and against the New England Patriots. Mac <laughs> Jones, oh my God. You watch that Giants-Patriots game today? Holy shit, was he ever so bad. Got benched for like second time in a row or second time in three weeks. It's unbelievable that the... That the Bills could lose to the Patriots. I mean, that is that shit hurts a lot more to me than losing to a 10 and 1 now Philadelphia Eagles team. And Denver's pretty good on paper or record wise, too, and they're playing much better. But still, the game was over. You won it. All you had to do was not have 12 fucking guys on the field for a special teams field goal at the end of the game, and you win. Bill's special teams has been atrocious this year. What a train wreck. What an absolute, utter disappointment. The Bills' special team has been uh, all season long. All right, these might be a little bit out of order. I'm going to sift through these, see if I can get to a couple of them. Uh, I'll read a few out loud, maybe a uh, couple questions that I'll be, I'll be in there and I can answer. Uh, Trey Williams, hopefully we lose a couple more so McDermott is gone and we get Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, for everyone out there who might not know, he's the offensive coordinator for Detroit Lions. He'll be a hot ticket hire, I think, this offseason. Anyway, I already addressed that. There's just no way that uh, Sean McDermott's not getting He's just not going to get fired. Uh, Chris Movani, I thought they would miss with all the weather and field conditions. Hell of a kick. You know what? I you, Good point, Chris, because let's get some credit to Elliott. I mean, that the game's on the line, 59 and a half yard field goal in the rain, and he uh, he nails it. So, yeah, head off to him, man. That was, a, that was a great kick by him. Wyoming Trout, I thought Coach was too conservative. 
We were in four down territory. We had to score a touchdown to win and end the game. I didn't listen to Sean McDermott's press conference and I didn't frankly want to because I probably would just get more annoyed. I can't fucking stand listening to him after a Bills loss, especially. He did suggest, I think it was fourth and seven. I don't blame the Bills for kicking the field goal in that circumstance. He hinted if it would have been fourth and two or fourth and three, he would have had a, a tough decision to make. But look, the game was there, man. They, they caught him in a blitz. Tony Romo called in on TV. By the way, great job for Tony Romo to diagnose what was coming. We saw the blitz. He said it was coming and it was coming. And Gabe Davis was there. If Josh Allen could have held the ball maybe for another half second, um, that play probably goes for, for uh, the touchdown. Um, all right, let's get to a couple more here. Sorry, I'm kind of going out of order. Brian Hack. No one wants to see this defense in a game, any scenario. Well, no, they don't because I just talked about it a few minutes ago. Three times this season, the Bills have scored a touchdown with less than two minutes left to go to give them a lead. And all three times, the Bills defense folded. They melted, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And I'm uh, sorry for the swearing. I'm still fired up. But anyway, three times, the uh, the opponent has went down and won. That is literally the difference between being six and six and nine and three. It's conceivable the Bills could have the best record in the AFC right now. The entire conference, had they just, or at least tied for it, had they just closed out games where they took a, a score lead when under two minutes left, Brian had those 50-50 calls, never go the Bills' way. I'm not sure what 50-50 calls you're referring to, but um, yeah, okay. Trey Williams, the Eagles' right tackle admitted he couldn't believe the Bills allowed Jalen to run in for the touchdown in overtime because that exact play is a staple in the Eagles' offense. I didn't hear any of that comments um, post-game. I will say, when it comes to the Bills' defense, Lane Johnson, um, the all-pro, Left tackle for a right tackle for uh, the Eagles did not play. And I thought that was an advantage to Buffalo. And in the first half, it certainly was. The Bills defensive line was on fire in the first half. Leonard Floyd was great in the first half. I don't think I called his name in the second half. I don't think anybody on the defense really made a stop um, in the second half. I have the moment. Did he just collapse when it mattered? Is it really a Super Bowl caliber team McDermott has put his faith in? Or more likely a false sense of security? Um, I, I do think this is a Super Bowl caliber team. I, I do. On paper, even with the injuries, we saw the offense, what they could do today. Sean McDermott is supposed to be a defensive-minded head coach. He's the, he's the defensive coordinator of this football team. Where's the defense for four quarters? Where's the defense to close out games when it matters? Roy Collins, McClappy did it again. Now, I'll tell you what, and I could go through for probably another hour just running off some of these Sean McDermott comments that you guys are, are referring to on the live stream. Like I said, a lot of some people are listening to this live. Most people will be listening to this in podcast form or catch it on the video side um, on Monday. We've got a couple more. Brian Hack, for a defensive head coach, he makes Rex, talking about Rex Ryan, look like a genius. Aaron McManus-Moran, better known as my wife. The icing of the kicker was stupid. Yes. Absolutely it was. He's a veteran kicker. You're not icing him. If he's a rookie kicker, if he's a practice squad kicker, like from Houston, a guy who got caught, you know, brought up because your starter got hurt, then sure. Maybe icing him, giving him some time to think about it is uh, the smart play. Was not the smart play here with a with veteran like Elliot. And again, even if he makes that kick and you don't blow your timeout, you got two timeouts left instead of one in 20 seconds. Although, quite frankly, Sean McDermott could have had all three of his timeouts left and it wouldn't have mattered because I don't think he had the guts to try to have Josh Allen make a couple plays in 20 seconds and win the game. Even though Philadelphia was powerless to stop the clock 
if there was an incomplete pass on first and even second down as well. Just makes me sick to my stomach when I think about that. I, in the moment, totally gutless. He was worried Josh would turn it over. Yes. And the one thing I will say in defense, if you're going to, if you're a Sean McDermott stand, if there's any of you out there for whatever reason, and you want to have a fair valid point on why the Bills took a knee at the very end in the last 20 seconds and didn't try to force overtime, or I should say force overtime instead of trying to win it, is Josh Allen, for as great as he's been this season, has had some terrible throws and some ugly turnovers. So if you really, really, really want to be objective, I suppose you could come to a conclusion. You could arrive at, well, if the Bills turn the ball over at the 30, 35-yard line, Philadelphia kicks a field goal, it doesn't even get to overtime. But still, I got a superstar quarterback. The way he played today, the way he threw the ball, the way he ran with his legs, I think he deserved the opportunity. Uh, Chris Mulvine again, do you think he was worried about Josh Allen? Allen just had a drive before that to do an easy interception, which gave Philly the lead. Um, yeah, well, well, I just kind of hit on that. It wasn't the drive before that. It was earlier, a couple of drives before that. But yeah, it was one, it was, look, it was Josh Allen's worst throw of the day. And I do think, in hindsight, again, I just said it. If I'm a Sean McDermott fan for whatever reason, uh, <laughs> I think that maybe he was a little concerned about that. Didn't really say much after the game. I know he talked about Josh played well enough to win for uh, the last two weeks. Anyway, um, Jorge De La Ria, he took over as coordinator. Or, I'm sorry. He took over as coordinator. This season proved to me he was responsible for 13 seconds. Of course. Of course he was. Talking about Kansas City in 2021. I've said this before. I've said this a lot of times. If you wanted to blame Leslie Frazier, and you think it was Leslie Frazier who was in to prevent defense, in that playoff game a couple of years ago, Sean McDermott called not one, but two timeouts. And during those timeouts, he could have said, listen, this is not the defense we're playing. We're doing this. He's the fucking head coach, right? And he didn't. He didn't. So that's how Sean McDermott, just like the Denver game, we could kill Matthew Smiley, the Bills special teams coach, who, by the way, I still think deserves to be fired. He's not going to. But I think he just every bit as deserving as Ken Dorsey was. But even if, Matthew Smiley has a you know field goal block call or keep the defense on. Sean McDermott called two timeouts on that last Denver drive over the last three plays. Could have made sure you're the head coach. You're responsible for all this shit. Make sure that you know that all the guys who are on the field know what's going on. 11 of them, or 11 did coming in. Five went out. Six came in. Leonard Floyd, no clue he was supposed to be out. And that's why the Bills ultimately uh, lost that game. A couple more here. Roy Collins. I don't see Bagula paying him not to be here yet. Yeah, I agree. I said that earlier in the show. Um, it's easy to justify. If you want to, if you're Terry Bagula, you want to justify the wins over the last, during his entire tenure, 10 plus wins, four straight years, four straight playoff appearances, 13 wins, two of the last four years. I don't see that there's going to be any way that he gets fired. Like I said, I think Josh Allen's the one guy who can get him fired. I don't think Brandon Bean has that stroke. I think Josh does. Don't see it happening, though. Um, Brian Hack, the dude takes no responsibility for the end of these game failures. Got to check the tape. Yeah, I said that um, the Denver game absolutely exploded at Sean McDermott because he threw his offense under the bus and praised his defense to the end of the earth. The same defense now that for the 20th time has failed to protect a, a, a lead inside the final two minutes of a game. Uh, Aaron, again, don't matter. You take your shot with him. It's momentum. I am not comparing by any means. But is Tom Brady taking a knee there in third eye roll? Um, 
if Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott's the head coach, he's probably taking a knee. Uh, John Savani, Josh is at least healthy. We lost Joe and are done. Uh, Chris, again, one more time. We don't have Tom Brady. Allen isn't playing like he was last year. Okay. I have a moment. Wow, that's a, a damning stat. 0-3 and one score losses after scoring a touchdown in the final two minutes. Wow. Yeah. Look, when you examine this year in its totality, they're playing 12 games, they're six and six. And even if you, you know, you're bound to lose a game in the final score, you know, the final the opponent's final possession happens once in a while. But if you win two of those three, what are you? What are you? What are they right now? So they're six and six. Give them two more wins. They're eight and four. Eight and four. If they could just close out two of those three games right there. Uh, Michael Vino, damn, when you put it like that, I'm kind of pissed now. I don't know what, what he's talking about again. I'm not getting into these comments later, but there's a lot to be pissed at for this football game. Rodney Mazzarella, the closer Von Miller has never materialized. Great teams close on defense. Great point. Great point. I know how badly we want Von Miller to be that closer. He was that closer. I'll never, ever, ever, ever bash Brandon Bean for rolling the dice and signing Von Miller. Von Miller is that closer. He's been that closer for his entire career. That's why he is a absolute lock first ballot Hall of Famer. And in fairness, last season, his first with the Bills before Thanksgiving, he had eight sacks before Thanksgiving. Then he tore his ACL. He's trying to come back. It's not there. I'm not the first of all, the Bills cannot cut Vaughn Miller because the contract is outrageous. They can't cut him. But at this point, I'm highly considering shutting him down. Get the offseason, continue to work, come to training camp 100%, and maybe, just maybe, we'll see the old Vaughn Miller. I don't see it happening this year, but sure, you know, if Vaughn Miller could get a sack on that last drive, maybe they get the game's over then. Leonard Floyd, who played so good in the first half, God, he was so good, so good, did nothing in the second half. Leonard Floyd has been for this season, what we wanted Vaughn Miller to be. Unfortunately, it, ju it just wasn't there when it comes to that. Um, yeah, it was pretty boy Vaughn in this game. Look, I understand some fans too are starting to get frustrated with Vaughn because he's not doing anything on the field, not from a lack of wanting to. It's just physically he's not there. But it's also, you get annoying to hear him talking every week. Like he has his, He's one of the guys who talks in the media every week and he is articulate, but I don't know. Kind of like Russ Wilson, I'm sure last year, a lot of fans in Denver got sick of hearing Russ Wilson talking so positive when the team was sucking. Kind of feel like that's almost where it's getting at when it comes to Bills fans listening to Vaughn Miller. Not to mention, you know, talking shit that Odell Beckham Jr. was going to sign here, that DeAndre Hopkins was going to get traded here, that, you know, you're taking a picture at the gym with Derrick Henry and it seems like Derrick Henry is going to come to the Buffalo Bills. Stuff like that. Just ridiculous predictions. That never uh, materialized. Somebody said Fred Miller's washed. Uh, he's washed for this year. I don't know if his career's over. Again, maybe with the with an off season. And in fairness to him, it's only been about a calendar year since he tore that ACL. Maybe he'll be. Uh, maybe he'll 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 never be what he was pre ACL. But I think he's certainly a lot better than what we're seeing this year, which is absolutely nothing. Uh, Mike again. He says he's going to be the same as Marvin Lewis treatment, like he was with the Bengals. Yeah, must see. We're not seeing anything otherwise to suggest that. I mean, he has won some playoff games, but sure, Marvin Lewis was really good in the regular season. Um, 
The Bengals would always beat teams that they were supposed to beat when Marvin Lewis was, was the head coach. Then they'd get into the playoffs. They'd have their worst game of the season and they would lose in the first round. At least Sean McDermott's been waiting to the divisional round uh, for the most part to do that. A couple more here and, and then we're going to be done. Roy Collins, Hyde gave up two touchdowns. I talked about him earlier. I thought he was terrible. Thought he was terrible. I think my guys had maybe one or two good games this season. He's not the same Micah Hyde. And I know Jordan Poyer is getting a lot of the attention. I'm fine. I thought Jordan Poyer early on was playing shitty, but I think he's come on. I think Jordan Poyer has been an asset to the Bills over the last, say, four to six games. But I'm not seeing him with Micah Hyde. The problem is, what are you going to do about it? You don't have any better alternatives. Taylor Rapp, who was out for this game, um, concussion or neck or whatever it was, he didn't play. But even if he did, he's not going to get in the, he's not getting on the field ahead of Micah Hyde. And Taylor Rapp hasn't done shit anyway. So, I don't know. It's just not much you could do about it. Micah Hyde's a free agent. At this point, I would say uh, it's probably looking unlikely that the Bills would want him back. Brian, again, Hyde's neck injury has him washed. I don't know how much it is for the neck, but sure. Also says Jordan Phillips good for one or two dumb penalties per game. Dude, if you were sitting in my living room today watching the game, I absolutely screamed at the television. It's like Jordan Phillips wants to get one or two dumb penalties. Um, a game. He makes enough splash plays that Sean McDermott wants him on the field because he can make a positive impact. Just does some really boneheaded shit, though, man. Um, I have the moment. He should be in rehab or he should be retired. Someone should know this. Talking about um, Vaughn Miller again. Jorge says, agreed with Cook. He could have tried for the first down early in the game instead of just sliding out of bounds. Yeah, twice. Twice. Two times he had the ball. One was a reception. I think one was a run. And both times he looked like he had no interest in trying to put his shoulder down and move the chains. Didn't even try. And it, it, it really hit me because after the Denver game, when he got benched for a quarter and a half from that game on and then all through the Jets game, Dew was playing like his hair was on fire. He was running mean and with a purpose. Really, really good. And then today, First couple touches, that happened. And then he dropped the touchdown. Then he dropped the touchdown. It was fucking big, man. It was big. And I really liked Ty Johnson, by the way. James Cook played better as the game went on, okay? He did some good things. Had a really nice catch along the sidelines or a nice run after a catch, I should say. So it's not like James Cook was terrible for the whole game. Terrible start to the game, though. But anyway, I like what I'm seeing with Ty Johnson two straight weeks now. I'm good with seeing more Ty Johnson uh, going forward. I think you Leonard Fournette fans are going to have to uh, to wait a while. Roy Collins, 93 offensive snaps in regulation and still can't win the game. Ness is playing sad. Sure is. It sure is, Roy. But, you know, you score, what, 31 points in regulation? The offense certainly uh, did his job. Um, Jorge Sherfield fucking sucked today. He did. And I'm a big Sherfield guy. I really am. I was really happy when he came over from Miami. I thought he would have a much bigger role on this team. But he ain't doing shit. Deontay Hardy, both their free agent signings, neither of them are doing shit. Deontay Hardy wasn't even active today. He was a healthy scratch. Trent Sherfield, the way he's looking, he could be a healthy scratch next week, uh, for all we know. Ryan Anderson, typical Buffalo, get a lead and we go to prevent. Yeah. Well, they tried to blitz once. I think it was Jordan Poyer. He got picked up. The problem with Sean McDermott is he'll get beat with something and then he's afraid to, to try it again, like afraid of, of failure. But that third and four play, where they in overtime, where they just literally surrendered the first down to keep the chains moving because maybe they were scared if they brought the pressure, Jalen would go over the top 
and they would end the game that way. It was just uh, infuriating as a Bills fan. Um, I can't even pronounce this person's name. A coach is coaching not to lose, and those vibes run off, rub off his players. 100%. 100% agree with you. Jorge, I saw Rocky 1-6. through six, All the same shit with the Bills. Uh, okay. Another one. Josh Allen's the next John Elway. Our coach is literally a liability. Sure, he's a liability. I've been saying that for a couple of weeks, and a lot of fans are as well. All that matters, I guess, is Terry Bagula and whether he thinks he's a liability. It depends what his liability is. I've said this. Look, if you're the Chicago Bears, let's just for the sake of fun, pretend Sean McDermott gets fired. Let's just pretend that. If you're the Chicago Bears, if you're the Carolina Panthers, and I know Sean would love that shit, but if you're a team like that, uh, you're the Washington Commanders, and you're a floundering team going nowhere with no identity, Sean McDermott's the kind of coach you want because he will take a shit team and he will build a culture in that locker room. He will build leadership. He will make a bad team a better team and a, and a better team a good team. He'll get you to the playoffs. Someone said earlier, he's kind of like Marvin Lewis or Marty Schottenheimer. And I know a lot of smart people out there will throw stats out there that Marty Schottenheimer was a lot worse in the playoffs than Sean McDermott. That's not my point. My point is they're the kind of coaches who you feel like they can get you, they can build you a team, build a culture, get you to a point. But now it comes to a time where you got to get over that hump. Only certain coaches can get you over the hump. And Sean McDermott doesn't look like he's that guy. And the worst part is, if he gets two, three more years to get the Bills over the hump and he doesn't succeed, guess what's happened, folks? You just wasted the prime years of your all-world quarterback, Josh Allen. You wasted him with a head coach who just gags in big moments and can't get you over the hump. Uh, Curtis Dorlin, hate the Neil at the end of regulation, playing like E.J. Manuels, our quarterback, agreed, addressed that. Sith happens, IP and pools. All right, that's good to know. <laughs> Aaron, Chris Movadi, again, not comparing, but saying mentality isn't there. It's not a McDermott move, and that is the problem. I'm um, running out of comments here. I should say running out of time. I'm trying to get to a couple other ones here. Random Anton Hurts comes up big in crunch time. Great point. They were garbage in the first half. I think, what was the stat now? Three or four times the Eagles have been outgained by 100 yards this season. And they've won all those games. They're a good team that knows how to win. Jalen Hurts makes plays when they matter. And that's not to suggest that Josh Allen doesn't or can't. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Josh Allen because guess what? He's not. He's not. He's not. But the Eagles find a way to win. And Jalen Hurts is a big reason why. Uh, Roy Collins, I guess we're not getting off this trend. Sure. For, for a guy who only had three targets and no catches, we spent a lot of time on his podcast talking about it. But Roy Collins might as well cut Sherfield and sign one of the wide receivers off the practice squad. Doesn't even matter. Uh, random Anton again, keep the stats. I'll take the wins. Can't argue with you there. Um, no, you know what? I, I appreciate all the comments. I appreciate everybody who's watching on the video side anyway. Appreciate uh, you checking out the live stream again for the majority of you. You'll be listening to this or watching this sometime on Monday. I appreciate you as well. Not going to sit here and say that I feel better because I'm still fucking annoyed. It is hard to stomach that the Buffalo Bills with as much talent and a quarterback as good as Josh Allen and an elite wide receiver like Stefan Diggs and some of these other star players on this football team, 
it is hard to fathom that the Bills are six and six. And the reality is this might be one of the better on paper non-playoff teams that we've seen in a long time. You can make a very fair and reasonable argument, especially with Joe Burrow done for the season, that the Bills are probably at worst the third best team in this conference. And there's a great chance that we're not going to get to find out what they could do in the playoffs because they ain't going to be there because you fucking lose one score games when you have a lead inside two minutes, not once, not twice, but three times this year. That is quite literally the difference in this season. Bottom line is this, going into this game, and it hasn't changed. I said that I think, I think, and this is my own opinion, but I think the Bills between Philly and Kansas City, I said you got to win one of those games, and then over the last four, you got to win at least three of those four. And they lost to Philly, so now, and they're going, you know, the worst part too, what a shitty goddamn way to lose a football game and then have to sit on it for two weeks because the Bills are on a bye. Oh, that is the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. No mistakes about this, folks. The Bills have to be Kansas City. And the way the AFC is looking right now, Cleveland lost. Uh, so they got four losses. I think Houston's got five. Pittsburgh's got four. Bunch of teams right there with five or six, including the Bills now with six. Ten wins. Oh, nine wins ain't getting into the playoffs. I can tell you that right now. So if the Bills go, what, three and two over their... Over their last five, they're not making the playoffs. Straight up. They go four and one. That gets them to 10. And I think there's a decent chance I could see for sure two of those two other teams in the AFC's wild cards getting the 10. Not quite sure about three. The Bills are not looking good in wild card or uh, tie breaking scenarios. But four and one, probably a 10 wins gets you into the playoffs. Obviously, winning out, they can still win 11 games. That's their backs now, 11 and six. But you look at the schedule. You're at Kansas City. That's obviously a tough game. Uh, they're playing Dallas at home. Obviously a tough game. Uh, they're playing on the road against the Chargers. Such an enigma. Such a high-powered offense. I don't know. In one way, I feel like the Bills could score 40 on them, but they might have to because I feel like the Chargers offense could drop 40 on a very porous Bills defense with a scared head coach as their defensive coordinator and a guy who doesn't know how to close out games. Then you got the shitty Patriots, which is the one game I think you can count on as a W. And then you end the season at Miami. Who knows if that game even matters? Who knows? Long, long uphill, tough road ahead for the Buffalo Bills. Today's loss, not a season ender officially, but it really, really hurts. Anyway, it's going to do it. Thank you again so much for uh, for tuning in. Thank you, people on the YouTube or Facebook side that chimed in with your comments and your questions. Appreciate those as always as well. I'll be back, like I said, late Monday night, post-Sabres game, post-Sabres Rangers game. PK from the Buffalo Sports Collective. We'll go over to Sabres game. Plenty more on this game as well. Talk to you then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.